fly atop Boston, it's Celtics Express, where we bring you the latest in the quest for Banner 18. It's the Prince of the Parquet, the Captain of Causeway, the Governor of Green. Oh, wait, really? He quit? Okay, then. Here's your host, Jay Corwin. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome into Celtics Express. As always, I am your host, Jay Corwin. We are the show for the Celtics fan on the go. All the intel you need less than 20. Find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, on Twitter, at Celtics Express. And, of course, as part of the delectable OTGBasketball.com podcast menu, check out the website for insane NBA content updated hourly. On this episode of your favorite podcast, I'm joined by Sean Silver, Celtic studio host for 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston. We'll put a bow on Wednesday night's 115-102 win over the Timberwolves at TD Garden. Minnesota hasn't won in Boston since KG was on the T-Wolves. He matched up with Rafe LaFrance that night in early March 2005. Ricky Davis led the way for the green, 22 scintillating points. More on Ricky in a minute. No Kyrie, no problem for the Celtics Wednesday night in their return to Causeway Street. The team no doubt needed a boost after losing two of three on that Western Conference trip. They sure got it from an unexpected and completely expected source all at the same time. Gordon Hayward, they say... It's darkest just before the dawn, right? And after going 0 for 5 from 3 with no points in San Antonio, started Wednesday night 0 for 2 from the floor before turning it on. The Say Hey Kid came off the bench. After the game, Hayward speaking to ESPN's Doris Burke at midcourt, complete with the mini water bath from his guys. A lot of confidence. I really credit my teammates tonight. They got me. Oh, man, again. Again. Oh, man. Speaking of teammates. Um, but I really credit my teammates. Marcus Smart got me an easy one, got me going. Um, you know, I try to be more consistent. I'm finding a way to just, like, towel you off right, right here. Right. You had to play without Kyrie Irving, which meant responsibilities would shift downward. How much satisfaction is it for guys like Terry Rozier or yourself to have an opportunity to play extended minutes and really help this team win? Right. Uh, a little more responsibility tonight. Uh, some more opportunities, like you're mentioning. I thought that was good. Uh, you want guys to step up in those situations. T-Row played great from the beginning, really set the tone there in the first quarter. Um, so, I mean, it was a good game for us. ESPN numbers saying Hayward's 35 points the most by a Celtics bench player since Ricky Davis. Scored 36 in April of 2005, just a month after that last Timberwolves win. The Elias Sports Bureau chiming in to tell us he's also the first Celtics reserve since the NBA started listing starters and box scores. Back in 70-71, to have 35 points and five dimes in a game. You see, Hayward's night was a surprise, but maybe it shouldn't have been. He scored 30 a month ago when the teams met in Minneapolis in his previous high as a Celtic. Not only the stats saw a jump last night, though, Gordon himself had a swagger we hadn't seen much of this season. Three dunks on the evening. Before that, he hadn't even tried more than one in a game during the season with just seven total dunks on the year. Celtics head coach Brad Stevens. He was disappointed in how he shot the ball, obviously, in San Antonio, and um, you could tell he was going to play pretty well. I mean, 14 for 18 is an unbelievable night, and you're not always going to shoot it like that, but you could tell he was pretty locked in. You saw the Celtics bench erupting every time Hayward lit up the garden. Marcus Smart. You know, seeing him and everything that he's been through, and uh, to see him keep fighting to come out here, 
and I finally feel comfortable. It's something that this team is, is looking forward to. We've been looking forward to, and it's going to help us in the long run. Hayward did almost impossibly lead the team with a negative differential of minus seven. Another down game for Jason Tatum, just three of 11 from the floor, eight points. He led the Celtics at plus 22. Go figure. Terry Rozier with 11 of 16 points in the first quarter. He came out hot. He's making his third start of the season with Kyrie Irving dealing with a scratch on apparently both of his eyes in Monday's game against San Antonio, where it is no clear timetable on that return. Uncle Al Horford with 15 points in the victory. Coach Stevens did speak on Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris getting nicked up Wednesday evening. Marcus Smart took a shot in the back of his shoulder. They told me it must have hit right where a nerve is, and so he's going to be okay, it looks like. And then Marcus Morris, really stiff neck from that fall. We welcome in from 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston, the Celtics flagship radio network studio host, Sean Silver. Sean, how you doing? Happy 2019. Couple days down in 2019, doing all right. Hope you can say the same. Yeah, yeah, no problem so far. As you said in the pre-call, I haven't messed anything up yet so far. Uh, so Gordon Hayward finally shows up uh, for the Celtics. 35 points. He was huge. Looked like he was really comfortable. And Terry Rozier, a pretty solid effort as well. The Celtics get a win over the Timberwolves as they start a very favorable January schedule here. 115-102, the final at TD Garden. Uh, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, those are the names of the marquee last night with their performances. And and it is important for the Celtics to get off uh, to a good start symbolically for 2019. Also with this homestand here, they have proven that they are a better team at home than on the road. Uh, last month they had a span, you know, definitely where they played some subpar teams. They were able, able to make a little bit of hay in the Eastern Conference standings. Kind of gave that back around the holidays with uh, spotty performance here and there. Uh, but the homestand now should definitely help them, as you said, a favorable schedule. You know, getting into Hayward, uh, it's great to see he torches Minnesota. Yeah. Um, not only this game last night, but two games ago, uh, his only other 30-point performance of the season. And I believe the, the game before that, where he played the Wolves back in 2017, he uh, had 39 points, uh, which is uh, obviously uh, a very fine performance as well. So uh, he has his way with many for whatever reason. Um, you know, maybe this is something. We kind of said this the last time that we saw him go off. You know, maybe this is the start of something. It's great to see from Hayward, but, uh, you know, the, the in-between has been concerning. Uh, you know, some nights he contributes some assists and some rebounds and you know, maybe a couple of made shots. But then there's nights like against San Antonio where he was just completely invisible. And I made a comparison that's going to go, you know, over some people's heads and, <laughs> and maybe isn't the most apt. But, you know, when I was on the hub last weekend talking about the Seas, um, you know, the... Larry Bird's rookie year, they brought in Pete Maravich. Now, I'm not saying that Gordon Hayward this year is like washed up Pete Maravich in 1980, but he had a thing going where it was kind of like he'd go off, you know, have this big game, and then there'd be two weeks where he'd just disappear. But you always knew that Pete Maravich, he's still the guy. He could go off. He could have a big game at any moment. You just didn't know when, and you had to put up with the in-between. Uh, and the frustrations of that. That's kind of been Gordon Hayward's comeback season here. Obviously, his knee's not obliterated uh, like Pete Maravich's was at the time, and we're hoping, certainly with the contract that he's getting, that he can you know rise to the occasion and have a productive career for, you know say, four, five, seven more seasons, whatever he wants to get out of it. But uh, that's kind of the frustration that you've been dealing with this year where you have an elite player 
a talent, you know, somebody who's transcendent and an all-star, and you just can't coax it out of him on a nightly basis. So good to see last night. Hopefully he can uh, get some positives out of that. Yeah, well, I mean, consistency has been the name of the game all around, right, all season for everyone. So that's good to see. At minimum, we now have Gordon Hayward at washed-up Pete Maravich status. So that's good to see. And, and more so than the points and, and the metrics for me was just his body language uh, for much of this season and not being aggressive. And it was good to see a kind of old Hayward at the Garden uh, during this game. So I want to throw I want to throw a little conspiracy theory here at you. So we have Kyrie Irving, who's out with the, the quote-unquote the old eye scrape, which, you know, to any one of us laymen, we sit around and kind of wonder exactly what that entails. Because uh, oh, it does wrestling move. That's a Roddy Roddy Piper move right there. The old yeah. ice scrape. And that's what I, that's what I'm getting to. So we heard, we heard Coach Brad Stevens on your very network uh, yesterday talk about how um, you know he doesn't know how long Kyrie will be out, and he was obviously out for this matchup against the Timberwolves, giving Terry Rozier a chance to shine, and he did just that. We see the way Terry's mindset changes when he's in that starter role, comes out as a killer, and he looks like an absolute starter. As you know, we get closer to the trade deadline, people talk about moving Terry Rozier. It only benefits the Celtics for him to get out there and, again, get some of that uh, playoff shine we, we saw last season, now putting him into uh, the kind of that trade spotlight. So uh, do you think Kyrie actually got hit in the eyes? Or is it a little wink-wink, nudge-nudge, mid-season break? Let's get Terry uh, traded and get some good pieces back. Yeah, I think it's a good theory. Kyrie... Um... Clearly, he sustained something there. Um, Brad Stevens playing it up, of course, saying that he had to wear sunglasses to review film. (laughs) Um, So something happened, but, you know, particularly with the amount of minutes that he's been playing and the way that he kind of seamlessly, after that initial stretch of the season, he's kind of seamlessly become his old self. This isn't a guy who... You know, plays 75 to 80 games on NBA season historically. He's a guy who gets some rest, requires some maintenance. So that comes at a good time for him. It was a matchup, obviously, that the team was comfortable, uh, thought that they were, you know, comfortable going out there and winning without him. And uh, for Rozier, it's just, it's fascinating to me because he really is plugged in. And the guys on uh, ESPN, you know, Paul Pierce, Chauncey Billups, Jalen Rose, obviously trotting out some some thoughts about well you know is this Kyrie Irving's team or is this you know the the team where the the ball moves and you know everybody's getting involved like you saw last year and everybody uh you know fell in love with that playoff run and Rozier's contributions during it it doesn't away the fact that you need an elite superstar like Kyrie Irving uh you know out there leading your team and uh you know, if you want to get anywhere in the playoffs, and Rozier is is probably going to have to be expendable either at the deadline or you know over the summer potentially signing elsewhere. The thing is, getting rid of him right now is just so hard because one, you know, you need to rest Irving. You know that his health is never a given. And you look at last night where Marcus Smart goes down. Who knows how long that affects him? You need a guy like Rozier. The guy that you need, though, is coming off the bench, playing a little bit more limited minutes, maybe not having the kind of freedom that he did running the offense with the starters last night. But if he can harness that and give you some version of that in a bit of a more limited role, then he's a great, great asset for your team, and he's going to be great in the playoffs. 
I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek. I would hate to see him get moved, but we do know uh, that he would likely be a piece uh, going out if the Celtics do decide to make a change. All right, so I want to let you go in just a minute. want to play a little game. You and I, both big fans of music, and 90s in particular was a great time. I want to make a little parallel here with you, Sean Silver, a very creative guy. So I want to I want to name a 90s band, and I want you to tell me what player on the Celtics roster embodies that band. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll start with, uh, and we use the term band loosely. Let's start with one of our guilty pleasures. When she comes on the radio, Sean, you are not turning the channel. Miss Alanis Morissette. Yeah, hmm, Alanis Morissette. That would have to be, that would have to be Jalen Brown. Here's, here's a man scorned, much like Alanis Morissette was a woman scorned for <laughs> uh, middle school Sean and all of us with ears in the mid-1990s. Um, Jalen Brown getting moved to the bench, kind of unsure what his role is. Does Brad Stevens still love him? Does the fan base still love him? Uh, <clears throat> he put it together, you know, for 30 points in that Spurs game, so that was very impressive. Uh, he's another one. I mean, and you, and you look at look at Tatum last night, he was kind of – kind of disappeared from night to night it's going to be hayward up brown down tatum up you know somebody else is having a down night and and uh jalen brown just kind of brooding and trying to figure it all out uh, maybe putting his his feelings into rhyme uh, as the season goes along all right let's go with one of the all-time greats rage against the machine rage against the machine someone who's just angry all the time <laughs> well angry with a purpose angry with a purpose Oh, Marcus Marcus Morris, a good contract here, right? I mean, he's he's really putting it on, showing that um, you know he could be a, well not only a part of this year's team, a leader on this year's team wherever they go in the postseason, but uh, someone out there who hey, pay me, I, I still got skills. That's something we might need a little bit more on this team as we head towards the playoffs. Tupac. Well, that would be Marcus Smart, I think, for me. Uh, right. he's, the, he's the desperado. He's the guy who, you know, is, is uh, me against the world. And and uh, certainly with, with Marcus Smart, if he is hurt with that shoulder, that uh, <clears throat> that takes away from his effectiveness and, and uh, could harm the team who's been, you know, experiencing uh, some better points of their season with him in the starting lineup. Sean Silver, our first conversation of 2019, and it was a pleasure to have you. We will talk to you soon. Pleasure to be here. Look forward to doing it again. The one and only Sean Silver, folks. Lucky to have him. Give him a follow on Twitter, at the Silver Fox. So we near the halfway mark of the season. Boston now at 22-15. and 15. The C's five back in the east of first place, Milwaukee. But January, a chance to move up that leaderboard. 11 of 15 January games at home. 12 of this month's 15 against sub-500 teams. In fact, the Green don't even leave the eastern time zone until they fly into Milwaukee. February 21st. So next up for the Celtics, Luka Doncic. This guy's nuts. Dennis Smith Jr. and the upstart Mavs invade TD Garden Friday night. They halted a nine-game road losing streak in Charlotte Wednesday night, now 3-16 and on the road. Then it's the rare in-season off weekend at home for the Celtics before the Nets roll in Monday evening. They're currently just a half game out of a playoff spot in the East at 18-21. and Meanwhile, we'll zero in on Memphis for a minute where there are major issues brewing. They're below 500 for the first time since the season opener after losing for the eighth time in the last 10. There's now reports an emotional team meeting turned physical after last night's 101-94 loss at home to the Pistons. Head coach J.B. Bickerstaff was visibly emotional. 
but pretty tight-lipped about the incident in the post-game interview. JB, it just seemed like a, a long time before you emerged from the locker room. What was going on back there? Um, a conversation that needed to be had that will stay between um, those of us that were in the locker room. The Athletic is reporting veterans Garrett Temple and Omri Caspi went at each other during the meeting. Bickerstaff said the team is struggling with what he called, quote, larger issues. One of those is almost an all-new roster. Only center Marcus Saul, point guard Mike Conley, and reserve forward Jamichael Green remain from the Grizzlies' last playoff squad. So that's a wrap on another episode of your favorite podcast. Remember to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, and at Celtics Express on Twitter. We thank our producer, Teddy Tuhat, our guest, Sean Silver, our legions of fans, and, of course, Dr. James Naismith. Remember, kids, as the 116th Congress convenes in D.C. today, the government tries to keep from a complete shutdown. Remember, we all just want the same thing. Banner 18 in Boston. Until next time, I'm your host, Jay Corwin. We'll see you at the Garden.